Hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hello, Courier Nation. It is great to have you back, and it is good to be back on the Deliver on Your Business podcast again this week. I'm really excited about today's episode. We went longer than I usually do, uh, quite a bit longer. But, you know, sometimes you just get talking shop, and it is so easy to just keep going. And there really wasn't anything that I wanted to cut out of it, you know. And I just had a great conversation today with Kevin Hom. Kevin uh, operates FinancialPanther.com. And you got to go check out that website. He's got just all sorts of great insights on money, on and and especially on things about like doing side hustles. And uh, he's really big on doing delivery. And in fact, one of the things we're picking his brain on today is he's been hitting like forty dollars per hour doing deliveries on his bike. That's right, on his bike, on an e-bike. But you know what, guys? That think about that. Earnings are way up. That's that's more than that's more than I'm making right now, and his expenses are incredibly low because there's not all that long-term stuff with your car, and so it, it, it just uh, it was wonderful to kind of pick his brain, get some thoughts about doing bike deliveries, and uh, you know how he's making that work, and I'm kind of thinking about you know trying to dive in a little bit more onto some e-bike deliveries myself. I've done some bike delivery. Uh, just regular pedal bike, bike, but I can only go so far before I burn out, you know. So maybe I might try that out. And so it was good to kind of pick his brain, get some ideas. So uh, stick around and uh, listen for as long as you want to listen here for uh, today's conversation. Before we dive into the conversation, I do have one announcement I want to make. I've talked for a couple of weeks about uh, launching a class. And so it's time to announce the sign up. And the first announcement is right here on the Deliver on Your Business podcast. We're going to be launching, it's called the 31-Day Courier MBA class. It's about 31 days to a more profitable delivery business. Now, if you've listened to me much, you've probably heard about the Courier MBA. When I launched this podcast, I launched it with 31 daily episodes, just one right after the other. And I called it the Courier MBA. MBA stood for Master Your Business Attitude. And I still get a lot of you know people talking back and uh, about... Uh, really enjoying that series. And so I thought it'd be good to revisit it, but put it together in kind of a structured way so that we can see if we can find some practical things to help you out. So what we're going to do with the 31-day Courier MBA class is, like I said, MBA is Master Your Business Attitude. So it's not like an MBA you get from college. Unfortunately, I'm not uh, certified to be able to provide one of those. But and you probably don't want to pay as much as it would cost if it really were an MBA, right? In fact, the class is free. And say the thing is, is that if these gig companies, they're going to call us independent contractors, you know, they do that so they can get out on a lot of things they have to pay. But when they do that, they're saying, hey, you're a business. So let's embrace that role as business owners. Let's let's take advantage of the situation that we're in. And, and there's a lot of incredible advantages to being independent contractors. And, and, and you really start to get those when you develop a business attitude around it. So that's what the class is about. For 31 days, we'll talk about different business ideas and how you can use those ideas to make yourself a little more profitable. Now, we're going to open up registration for the class. There's no cost to, to it, like I said. And the very first opportunities to sign up, I'm doing it through the podcast here. And uh, then also we'll have the link in the show notes. And I always have like a, an associated blog post that goes with the episode. On this week's episode, we'll have like the transcript for the interview. But before we dive into that, what we're going to do is we're going to have, um, you know, at the top of that post, we'll have the information on signing up there as well. So the, the, the blog post is going to be at entrecourier.com slash 84 because this is episode 84. Uh, you could also just go straight to the sign-up, entrecourier.com slash getyourmba, all one word, and you can sign up there. And here's how it's going to work. Each day you're going to receive an email. We're going to talk about the business topic for the day. I'm going to have some homework for you to do. 
somewhere that you can respond. Uh, just, you know, generally it's just going to be some questions. It'll get your thoughts, maybe, you know, get some of the information from you. And, and some of it we're going to use to probably try and track your progress and see if you are starting to make more money. And we'll set up a little community where we can talk about the topic of the day. We'll do some different things. And I'm not charging for this. But I'm also going to throw in something a little extra, uh, just as a reward, that if you see this all the way through, uh, I mentioned I'm going to have some homework. There's nothing really tricky, nothing too advanced or anything like that. But I am going to ask you to respond to some different things, do some things, because that helps you to take action. And if you do that each day, if you complete your homework for each of those uh, lessons that I send out to you, if you keep me up to date on how you're doing, give me your thoughts, different things like that. If you follow through on all of that for all 31 days, I'm going to throw in a special. If you complete all of that, uh, I've got a, uh, a special independent delivery pro polo shirt that uh, that I've had created. I've had some up for sale. I'll put a link so that you can kind of see what they look like and everything like that. And when you sign up, I'm going to ask you, you know, your shirt size so I can make sure I've got a shirt reserved for you so that if you do complete the program, that's my gift to you to say thank you for following through on this whole thing. This is the first time I've done a class. So, you know, it's it's kind of scary in some ways, but it's also kind of fun. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm going to be really thankful for the people that uh, sign up and go through this. I'm going to cap it at the first 50 people to sign up, at least to begin with. And then maybe I can, after I'm done with that, after the first group gets done, then we might introduce the class as something we can just kind of put on an autopilot. But I want to try and do this here to begin with. And so that's kind of my thank you for uh, helping me um develop that experience at running this class here or something like that. So complete the class, do all the homework, and I send you this shirt as a thank you for your participation. So anyway, you can go again, entrecourier.com slash get your MBA, get signed up, get, uh, uh, try and get in as uh, one of the first 50 to sign up. And that way you can reserve your spot in the class. And we will start the classes on, actually we're going to do it on August we're going to we're start on September 1st. I was going to say August 31st. The problem is September is 30 days, and so maybe I should have started with a different month, but we're going to go with it anyway. We're going to start September 1st is the first day, uh, the first email that goes out. So you got a couple of weeks here, but uh, I want to you know get this to you guys first here on the podcast so you can get signed up. Enough of all that, because we've got a great conversation here, and I'm just going to turn it over to that. Well, Courier Nation, I am excited to uh, introduce our guest here this week. I've got uh, Kevin Ha from the Financial Panther, uh, financialpanther.com is uh, joining us. And uh, I've been wanting to, I've, I've been thinking, you know, I had to get him on. And uh, he actually reached out to me then and said, hey, you know, let's talk about a couple of things there because uh, Kevin's got a great story. He has, uh, he has knocked out a ton of debt um, just by doing side hustles. Uh, on top of his other work and everything. And and he started writing about it. He's got some great information on finances and, and all sorts of good stuff there. And he does, I tell you what, uh, one, one of the reasons I was excited to get him on is he's knocking out five or six deliveries an hour doing deliveries on an e-bike. And I got to pick his brain about that. So glad to have Kevin on. Kevin, welcome. And uh, thanks for joining us here on the Deliver On Your Business podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome having you come on. And uh, Kevin, tell us a little bit about the Financial Panther and uh, just just your backstory and how you got started with that blog. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, so I started the blog uh, back in 2016. Um, at the time, I had just paid off uh, $87,000 worth of student loans from law school, which was wow. actually not, which wasn't so bad. Actually, I had a 50% scholarship to law school, so it, uh, yeah. And and so it could have been a lot worse. Um, oh, it could have been. So, I, can, I can tell you after my master's degree. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. So I uh, at that time I just paid off my student loans. I had left my job in a big law firm, which is you know one of these firms where I was making a lot of money, working you know sixty, seventy hours a week, that kind of thing. And I oh, took yeah. a job in state government, uh, and I had a little bit more, a little bit more time on my hands. And I had been wanting to do this blog because I'd been doing these kind of like side hustles over the past year or so. And these are all like gig economy side hustles, um, mainly the food delivery ones. And I'd been doing that on my bike at the time. And people were kind of interested about what I was doing. And so I thought, well, maybe I could write about it and kind of share like, 
how I'm doing it. You know, it's kind of a funny thing because I was a, I'm a lawyer and I was like delivering food on a bike. <laughs> and so it was kind of a weird thing. Like, why is a lawyer doing this? You know, I was doing it because it was fun and it was really working out well. And I was like fitting it into like my daily routine. And so I just kind of wanted to share about what I was doing. And so along the way, I started writing about that. I kind of discovered financial independence, which is um, kind of like this whole movement of, you know, saving money so that you can be, you know, so you don't necessarily have to work if you don't want to. And so I started writing about that and I started writing about like fintech apps and just kind of oh, the whole gamut of like money and side hustling. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I You know what I, I love about your story there is you're a lawyer, but you're still willing to go out and, and do this thing that, you know, a lot of people are embarrassed about doing their delivery work. And here you're, you're choosing to do this, but you kind of carry, I think, some of that professional attitude with you with, with that. And uh, $87,000, how long did that take you to do that? Yeah, so I paid that off in uh, two and a half years. Um, That's amazing. Right, which was, you know, what happened was when I started my first job, I kind of knew right off the bat that, oh, I'm not going to like doing this job very long. Uh, you know, it was like a lot of office politics, you know, mm -hmm. tough work. And it just instantly, I kind of knew it wasn't a good fit for me. And so my goal was, well, I need to pay off these student loans and then I'll have a whole lot more flexibility in what I need to make and, you know, you know what my kind of monthly outgo is going to be. So that was yeah. my plan was just buckle down, get these paid off as fast as possible, give myself a little more choices. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts. You know, how, how would you compare uh, between what, what do you enjoy more about doing delivery compared to being a lawyer? What do you like the least about it if you try and compare the two or something like that? Give me a little bit of comparison of what you think between being a lawyer on one side and, and, and a delivery pro on the other. Yeah. So these are to two totally different things, right? They are. <laughs> um, you know, for me, the delivery stuff has just always been so fun because it's like, it kind of gamifies my life. Like it turns everything I'm out doing kind of little missions. I like how it's a really okay. task-based. Um, so, you know, it's like, you know exactly what you need to do, get this done, and then you're done with that. And, you know, compared to like practicing law where, basically it never ended. It was just always going, going, and you know, you finish one thing, there's always more to do. And that always bothered me because I just liked being able to finish something and be done with it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then of course for me, I am a huge biker. I like biking a lot. And so the fact that I could do all my deliveries on a bike really worked out very well for me and made me enjoy it a lot because essentially it was like I was getting paid to do something that I was already doing anything anyway, you know, I was already biking around getting exercise and this is like, mm -hmm. I'm getting paid to do this. So that's what I really liked about doing these deliveries. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, I went from being a business manager for a nonprofit. It was actually a bicycle based nonprofit. It was oh. a little place that, uh, they did, uh, they were all about getting kids out on bikes. And so they'd take uh, kids from, you know, they'd work with different nonprofits around the community, get kids out on mountain bike trips and things like that. And then we had a little used bike shop and that's how I got in with them to begin with, because they were, you know, opened up not too far from where I lived and started doing some volunteer stuff out there. It was fun to walk in. You could just, you could go tinker on a bike for free and have all the tools right there. And it was awesome. <laughs> and then, you know, they needed some help with business. So I did that for a while, but you know, when I left that and, and just decided to go full-time on delivery, mainly because of the flexibility, you know, it was, it was amazing the difference from kind of more of a business career to doing this. And a lot of it was that freedom. It was, and especially that, you know, like you said, you know, you get the task done and you're done. I could go home and I could just leave it behind. And, and, and I don't know that I've ever had a job like that, that, you know, I go home at the end of the day and something about the job is following me home, you know? Yeah, that, that's and, exactly right. I mean, same for me as a lawyer is like, no matter what, uh, it's always coming home with me. Yeah. So, yeah. You've been riding lately though, that you've been doing, gosh, what is it? Uh, five or six deliveries in an hour now, um, on, on an e-bike. So I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit about that because, you know, that's, that's a different, uh, definitely it's, it's, it's a great metric, I think, compared to, you know, what I can do in a car, but it's also maybe a little bit different approach because you run into a lot of people that are in this delivery world and they kind of talk about, you know, 
the way to make good money is you just kind of hang around and you grab all the $20 deliveries. But mm -hmm. what you're doing is going out and knocking out these six, $7 deliveries, but you're getting so many of them done, but you're making some real good money. And, right. Uh, yeah. You know, though, so the way I'm doing is I'm doing it. So in the, in the, before I was doing it with the e-bike, I was doing it with the regular bike and mm -hmm. um, I probably should still start going back to the regular bike because I do feel like I'm getting a little more out of shape now doing the e-bike. But you know, the thing about when you're doing it on a bike like that is that because I'm able, you know, I'm, I'm very picky with the orders I accept and if I'm working during prime hours. There's enough demand that I can reject and keep getting more orders. Right. And since these distances I'm taking are really short and I'm like working multiple apps at once, I'm basically able to just like pile a whole bunch of deliveries all together. And you know, when you do it on a bike, um, you, you know, you don't have to worry about parking. You just like right. pull up to the right in front of the door. I walk in, it's ready. I take it, yeah. I go. And then it's very easy to drop off multiple orders at once again, cause I'm not worrying about parking. So I'm just like hauling up into front of people's doors and just dropping the food off. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, if you think about it, just kind of like from a math standpoint and, and, you know, this is something I kind of started thinking about more is like, so, you know, this is like a crazy thing and it's not like sustainable long-term I'm sure, but like, you know, I've been breaking $40 an hour consistently for the past like two, three months now doing That's this. Amazing. Right. And you think, well, how is that possible? Right. But if you think about like, well, if you do, you know, $5, five deliveries an hour, if you make $8 delivery, that's $40. You know, if you do six, six deliveries an hour, make $6.67 a delivery, you're hitting 40 an hour. And yeah. when you think about during peak times, that's not crazy to do on a bike because if I get one delivery from each app, that's, you know, that which I think I should be able to get one delivery from each app per hour. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and I just have to add, you know, one or two extra deliveries along the way. It, that's how it hits that number. Yeah. No, and that's great. You know, I know when the pandemic hit and there for a while, I took some time off. Just uh, it gave me a chance to kind of work on some stuff with my website and with the podcast. But it also just out of a safety thing. I think after a while, I decided I think I'm OK. And I went back out and all of a sudden it was just crazy. I was hitting these there for a while. I was hitting thirty five or forty dollars an hour which is like really good. I'm not, I'm not hitting that now. Uh, traffic's back to normal, a lot of things like that. But, uh, um, but the one thing that I noticed about it when I started looking at the numbers was I looked at how many deliveries per hour I was getting knocked out. And all of a sudden I was hitting for some, something like that consistently where before things really started changing, I think I was probably hitting about two and a half. And when you start looking at those numbers, it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't that people were tipping more or anything like that, but it was just now all of a sudden there's no traffic. Um, there's, there's no waiting for the customer to come out like, you know, because of the contact free deliveries, um, the restaurants were doing delivery only. So there was no competing with people who were trying to get dining and different things like that. And so everything was faster. And it was like when I took the same, ratio or something like that it that it was the number of deliveries per hour that made the difference and that that totally changed i think that helped start to change my approach and some of my thinking going from paying as much attention to the dollar amount on the delivery and and shifting to more of an efficiency focus and that's uh but man i tell you i still can't you know six six an hour uh is, is good and where, what, uh, what area do you deliver? What is your market and uh, where do you focus that on for your deliveries when you're, when you're out to going out? Yep. So I am in Minneapolis uh, yeah. and my neighborhood is around the University of Minnesota. Uh, so most of my deliveries are done. These are dense areas with a lot of students and stuff. So most of my deliveries are done University of Minnesota or downtown Minneapolis. And so that's very conducive for doing deliveries on a bike or, you know, electric scooter or something like that because sure. you're able to kind of run between buildings real fast. I don't wait at lights. I, you know, if, the, if it's clear, I can just jump through a light. I can cut through traffic. And so that's really, you know, it's faster for sure in a bike or yeah. especially an e-bike compared to a car in that area. Yeah. And especially when you compare that to trying to find traffic, especially downtown or congested areas like that, you know, um, you know, the crazy thing was with the pandemic, it got to a point where traffic wasn't a problem at the restaurants, but it was at the customers because everybody's home. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, especially, in, you know, in some of the denser areas that I try to work, um, just for that reason, you can be a lot more efficient, I think. Uh, all of a sudden, there, there's nowhere to park in the uh, neighborhoods. And so, um, so you, you do work mostly, it's kind of like a downtown area, and it sounds like you're, you've got a lot of uh, your restaurants and customers are all fairly close to each other. What yep. would you say your average length of delivery is as far as distance, everything like that? Yeah. So, you know, most of my deliveries are within a mile, you know, from restaurant to customer. Uh, you know, I rarely do any that are more than like, they're like in the three mile range. It's just that those take me out to place I don't want to go. So usually I'm sticking around a mile, mile and a half. So, you know, if I could do deliveries for like an hour and a half, I've usually only traveled about 15 miles, 12, 15 miles, something like that. I started tracking myself a lot better recently. Um, I've got this, I found this app that's like a good tracking app that was free. And it's really helped me to figure out like my zone that I'm in and what I'm doing and where I'm going. And so uh, it's kind of nice to kind of see that data. What are you using to track? Yeah, it's this app I found called Gridwise. Um, Gridwise, okay. Yeah, I, I think it's available in like, every big city, but it's like not available in every city for some reason. Um, okay. But it's free and it's a pretty cool tracking app. You know, when you turn it on, you can see like, it shows you like where you went from, you know, when you turned it on, when you turned it off. And so it's kind of a nice way to kind of look at your zone of like, where are you going during this? And sure. so, you know, when I look at mine, my zone is really tight. It's like all around campus, you know, sometimes I zoom off in one direction, come back. But generally it's like I'm in one part of the campus. I go to another, I get deliveries over that other part of campus. I'm going back and it's just like back and forth. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, I'll check that out. I, uh, I kind of wondered cause I know, and it's interesting, you know, and, um, when I'm doing bike, you know, biking just by itself and everything, of course, then I'm turning on Strava and that's, oh, that's yeah. kind of the, the popular one I think out there for, for doing that and running. And then of course, um, when you're out driving and a lot of people are using, um, stride or mile IQ or some different things like that for tracking their miles mm-hmm. on their cars. And, and I think, you know, tracking your miles on your cars is a good thing. I don't, I don't, I don't like to rely on those things because usually there's a glitch. I've, I've, re- I've had too many times where it's like, it stopped recording or oh, what? Yeah, yeah. And I think it costs money or something like that. But one thing, now just tell me about Gridwise, I guess. One thing I like about Strava and some of those is you can kind of follow your path and see what time it was and where you were at those different times. And sometimes that's good for documentation. Can you do that with Gridwise or is it? Uh, yeah, no, it just st- goes from when you start it to when you turn it off. But, okay. uh, but when you look at the map, you can see like where you went during mm-hmm. that time. So, you know, if I go out for an hour, mm-hmm. I turn it on, I can see where I was and it shows me the mileage that I like went during that hour. So, okay. um, yeah, I mean, obviously for me, I'm on a bike, so I'm, I don't care too much. I don't actually care about the mileage. I just, right. that's just for my own data purposes. Oh, but, sure. Um, yeah. But you know, that app is helpful too, because it actually, um, you can like input what you made on each app on each food delivery app. And oh. so it's kind of like a nice little way to kind of look and compare like, how much are you making per delivery with each app and how many are you doing? So, you know, when you, when I look at my app, it's like, I'm always doing the most DoorDash and then Uber Eats mm-hmm. is the second one and then Grubhub and then Postmates is always like, you know, yeah. I do a handful of them. <laughs> we can talk about the, about the different apps if you'd like. Yeah, let's do that. Um, what do you like and dislike about each one of them? And when you're doing yeah. that, especially for bike delivery. Yeah. Um, so, the one that's here in Minneapolis, and I know you've talked about in yours, is Grubhub is the big, best one. Uh, Grubhub here is definitely the highest paying one, as I think it probably is in most markets, it seems like. Um, but it's definitely not as high demand here. I, I would put it third in demand yeah, it's here. it's dropping here, and, and which amazes me. Uh, yeah. I think they've just shot themselves in the foot too many times. But Right, right. So, so with Grubhub, um, what I like about it is obviously the the high pay for each mm-hmm. delivery. I don't think, I think here it never pays less than $8 a delivery. So even if the customer tips zero, you still get $8. Yeah. Are you is, on Grubhub? Are you, are you, are you on a, like a bicycle mode or anything so, like that? Or do they have that there? Right. So here, I don't think they do. And I can't remember how I signed up for Grubhub. Grubhub was a weird one because they had like yeah. a waiting list when I signed up for it originally. And I literally had to send an email every month 
for like a year before I got on there. And I don't even remember. It must not be on a bike though, because yeah. sometimes I'll get these crazy orders. It'll be like way, way, way too far away. Honestly, I don't know why anyone would do those even in a car though, to be, to be honest. They seem so uh, far away. Absolutely. Yep. But, um, but that's why I am rejecting a lot of orders. You know, my acceptance rate on Grubhub is like 10% or something, or 15%. I reject tons of them. But whenever I get yeah. ones that are in my area, that are short, I grab mm-hmm. them always. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I wondered about that because I did ask about that around here and he said, nope, nope, we don't even have it. And so, right. Uh, so, you know, yeah, with those so you apps, don't though, get any kind of dispatching or anything based on you being on a bike. Right. But, you know, you can still do So, even though you're not like technically you're not on a bike with those apps, you can still do them on a bike. You just mm-hmm. have to reject more orders. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that's Grubhub. DoorDash, uh, they are, you know, they're, they're definitely the busiest ones in my area, I think. And they tend to have bonuses like peak pay a lot, which I like. Um, okay. And I like that I see what I'm going to make beforehand. Although they do the thing where if it's a big order, you know, yeah. they yeah. try to trick you and tell you. <laughs> with you on that. Yep. <laughs> right. But um, I, I do like that information that they have there. Um, so I tend to do DoorDash ones a lot here just simply because of the volume of them. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Uber Eats has picked up a lot here, I find. Um, before they, you know how before they didn't tell you where it was going. And so yeah. that basically made my multi-apping strategy impossible for them. Yep. Um, so yep. I like rarely did DoorDash, uh, did Uber Eats. Once they added that in, which I think here they added the like where they showed you where it was going, maybe um, sometime this year, I think. So yeah. it was it was pretty recent. And so now Uber Eats is like a pretty big volume one for me now. Um, the annoying thing with them, of course, is that they aren't showing you what the tip is. So, right. which right. can be a pain because, you know, you get these orders like $3 order. And so I need like a $3 tip, you know, to make it worth my time. Otherwise it's kind of like, I'm just kind of wasting my time there. Sure. Um, I found that like 95% of people do tip on Uber Eats. I think it's because they tip beforehand. Um, yeah, and most yeah. people, if you're going to handle their food, they they're going to tip you just because they they're nervous about that. And That's been a huge improvement with Uber Eats is is tipping. I think between that yeah. and knowing where you're going, right? Um, I was the same way. I I would not even I, I would hardly even touch them because you just didn't know where you're going. And when I'm trying to operate several different apps, it just doesn't work that way. It was yeah, it was a pain. You know, I, I so I didn't do Uber Eats for a while, and then I discovered like there was like a little hack you could do where you could see where you're going. Um, it's kind of a thing where you had to turn it on to airplane mode and then swipe delivered and it would show you where the order was going. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so since you were in airplane mode, it wouldn't like go out to anyone. So you could, cause the app knows where you're going. And so you would right. see where it was going and then you could just, uh, you had to restart the app a whole bunch of times. And then when you opened it up again, turn back on data, then it would just pop back up just like you had just accepted the order. And so if it wasn't a good one. And it wouldn't remember that you swiped and. Right. And then, so then if it wasn't going where you wanted to go, you could just can't, you just cancel the order and say you didn't want to deliver it. (laughs) I wish I had talked to you a few months ago. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. And then Uber Eats, the thing I like about them is they keep, at least my market, they keep doing these quests, you know, the do whatever deliveries and you get this. And so I don't like, think about the quest when I'm doing them, but it's basically like a bonus to me. So like, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm at like, if it's like 10 deliveries and you get $16 or something, I don't necessarily care about that $16, but if I'm at eight deliveries and there's a day left, I'll just finish up those two and get myself yeah. that extra. Do you ever get those offers on Uber Eats where you just kind of look at them and say, you guys are on drugs? <laughs> uh, I don't as much because since I'm on bike mode for that, mm-hmm. I, I, I do get, I, um, I get tons of $3 orders for them, but they're always right. so short. And so I'm not like crazy. I don't, I don't feel like this is a crazy one. I know. Yeah. I, I imagine a car, you probably get ones that are like, well, you know, and away. cause that's the thing is I had, I had to do two different accounts on Uber Eats. Um, they wouldn't, they didn't have a way to toggle back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so you had to have one account for car. And then you had to sign up under a different email because I actually oh. talked to somebody at the, I, I thought, man, couldn't you get in trouble for doing that? Cause um, like I know, I think DoorDash and Postmates will uh, deactivate people for having multiple accounts. Right. Right. And Uber Eats did it just a little bit different that you had to do a different account if you wanted to have bike mode 
And so you had to log in under whichever account you were on. But they still, you know, and this was back, and I actually haven't tried doing much on bike yet since they kicked in showing where you're at. But they were still terrible at, uh, it's like, uh, I came very close, I think, to being deactivated for canceling too many orders after finding out where I'm going. Because I'm sitting here on my bike, and I am slow. I'm just, I'm slow, and it's just a regular bike. And and I'd uh, you know you don't know where you're going until you pick up the food and then the delivery is six miles away guys guys I'm on a bike yeah and I'm in bike mode how come you're doing <laughs> so that's why I wondered if they kind of do that to you or not and uh, and maybe they've gotten better at the dispatching there but there were times where they weren't a whole lot better about you know being on a bike than they were with a car or something like that so that's why I wondered about them. Right. And see, that was the thing that made no sense when they would like when they wouldn't show you where it was going, because you're right. Like if you get one that's going way out of where you're not going to go, you have no choice but to cancel it. And now you've like got the food already. Yeah. So, and, and they didn't know what to do with that then. Right. And, and I can remember one time I, I go in on my bike and they showed that to me and I called in uh, right away and said, hey, I can't take this. You guys have me on a bike and this is seven miles away. This food is going to be freaking cold no matter how well I protect it by the time I get there. And yeah. uh, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to cancel it. They didn't yeah. know how to cancel it so that I could, you know, and I I left the food with the restaurant, but they still took it as, and, and basically they treat it like. Um, like you took the food. Like you took the food. Yeah. And that you didn't deliver to the customer. And yeah. so you, you know, it was kind of like I, I had to stop doing bike deliveries for a while because I was afraid of crossing that line, you know, wherever that invisible line is or that unknown line is that they say, okay, you've done it too many times, you're done. Yeah. So for a little while, Postmates was doing that too. So I could, I could talk about Postmates a little bit. Yeah. There's yeah, a little stretch where there's a little stretch where Postmates didn't show you where it was going either. It was like a really short stretch. They did this. Oh, I don't know yeah. what the deal is with that. And so I remember I would get these orders and you couldn't, so I would get an order. And I'd be like, Oh, this one probably is like close. Cause it'd be like something that like, like a, uh, like a chain restaurant. So I'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is probably close. I'm like, I'd probably take a chance on this one. And then it would be going way out like somewhere. Yeah. And so I'd have no choice but to cancel it. Right. And so I would just do, I would basically have to do that you know, once every two weeks or three weeks, I would like just cancel an order and I would just have the food. Like literally the food is mine. Now, <laughs> yeah. right? and, and that was just crazy when they did that because there was no way you could, there's nothing else you could do. It's like, I've got the food and now it's going way too far. I'm not going to do that delivery. So do you ever have Postmates uh, just stack deliveries onto you without, uh, you ever run into that? So Postmates doesn't do that. I know you've mentioned that and I've never noticed that with mine. I know that oh, they're yeah. used to have a feature and maybe it might be something in the app because I remember there was a feature where it was like auto stack orders mm-hmm. and I never turned that on. Yeah. So sometimes I will get like a second order. They'll ask me to pick up a second order and I always reject them unless it's literally like along the way because right. Postmates doesn't like pay more when you do the second order for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, so um so I think it might, I'm not sure if it's a car thing or if it's a bike Maybe thing it where, is. I don't know. I, yeah. you know, and it was just, uh, and maybe you know, because you're on a bike, they're a little more careful about trying to because a lot of people aren't really able to handle right. more than one delivery. Um, but yeah, I, you know, and that, that was one of the things that it just, that, that was my killer for, I mean, and I was going through the app, I was doing all sorts of things. I was trying to contact support, which is a, a useless pursuit with, uh, Postmates. They, they don't even have support, I don't think, anymore. Yeah, they don't. And um, it, it was just because uh, it was like, guys, you're you're just adding these orders on, and the only option is to cancel all of them or, or you know, to opt out of, out of all of them. Mm. And then they would go and knock me offline for an hour because oh, I canceled yeah. too many orders. And, uh, I, and, and I just, I finally just stopped because, you know, that's, that's even worse than not knowing where you're going. Is, yeah. You know, okay, I picked up this Grubhub and oh, hey, here was a great little Postmates order. They were, they were beautiful for the little short on the way, yeah. Because right. of the short little on the way type of thing. And then all of a sudden, oh, you have three other orders. <laughs> and it's like, okay, now, now my, my poor customer from Grubhub is screwed or, or whatever. Do you run into any problems when you're operating so many deliveries at one time? Does it ever feel like it's really slowing you down at all or anything like that? Or? Uh, yeah. So one customer. So um, 
It can, yeah. If if any customer is getting burned on it, it's typically the Postmates customer. <laughs> and the reason, the reason, and I could talk about Postmates because that's the last app that I haven't discussed is I mm-hmm. find that the tip rate on Postmates is so low. I don't know what the deal is. Like maybe I'm doing bad service, or maybe people just don't tip because I know that the app. It seems like the tips sometimes come like months later. Yeah. And so people, I think they don't tip until they like open the app again, basically. And so I think it's the psychology of tipping because you're used to tipping when you pay. Right. You you go to a restaurant, you pay the bill. That's when you tip. And, uh, you know, if you're doing cash sometimes, then you'll do it otherwise. But it's just and, and I think that the thing is that and it was this way with Uber for a long time that. If the customer couldn't tip until after the food's done, they're not thinking about tipping. Nope, they're thinking no about eating their food. And yeah. so I think that's what's happened because Postmates is still strictly, I don't think you can or, you can tip when you place the order even still. Yeah. You know, I haven't ordered food on Postmates in a long time, so I like I mean, don't yeah. actually remember how they do it. But like the way I see it is I'll get like an order and it'll always be like, you know, it's like so low. Some of them are like $2.60 or something you get paid. And so yeah. you don't get any tip. And then it's like, well, what's the point of that? Um, so that's my beef with Postmates is sure. the, my low tipping. Um, but in terms of like the customers, when I'm multi-apping, I do, I'm, I try to be very picky and try to make sure I'm picking orders that are all going the same direction. And so that's yeah. pretty easy to do on, in my area, like in this college campus area, downtown area, because, you know, you'll get like, multiple orders all from like McDonald's or multiple orders all from Chipotle. And they're all going to like the same, like three apartment buildings are all next to each other, you know? And so that makes it much easier for me. I can just basically kind of run around a circle doing it. And I rarely get anyone who says like, Hey, why did you like take this weird route? Cause you know, they don't know, or they're not, most people, I don't think you're even paying attention to the, when the order's coming. Cause a lot of times you call them and they are like, Oh wait, I ordered food. That amazes me too. Uh, that, that's a whole different subject. <laughs> People order food and then they're, it's like they don't realize it's coming or something. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I spend too much money on that food not to be watching for it. I know. If I'm ordering food, I'm watching where it's going. But some people, some people are living large. Yeah, I guess so. Um, tell me a little bit about your setup. What, uh, what do you use? What kind of bike do you have? Uh, how are you set up on that? And, and, uh, what do you do to try and, especially, I guess, to kind of handle the food, you know, to be able to carry that many orders and keep it protected and all that stuff. Yep. So right now I'm currently using a e-bike, uh, a rad power e-bike. Okay. Um, so rad power is kind of one of these direct to consumer electric bike companies, like the biggest one right now. Sure. They they're really getting big. Um, and this e-bike, is it the battery lasts it, it can go about up to 25 miles per hour um just like with pedal assist right. so it goes fast and uh the battery can last about 25 to 45 miles depending on terrain and stuff like that sure um so that's the bike i use typically uh for bag i've got this bag that i bought from like uber eats for 20 bucks it was like oh, really cheap a backpack yeah, it's the backpack. So I, I wear the backpack. little fold out on the bottom that you can stick a pizza into. So that's the thing is it does not fit a pizza into. Okay. <laughs> I got so, one from them when I started. And yeah, it was cheap. It was amazingly cheap for a backpack when you look at what some of the others were. But it had a little zipper compartment. And so you could put kind of a medium size, not a large one, but a kind of a medium size pizza into it. Okay. And it would kind of like pop out or something. I'll send you a picture sometime or something. But Yeah, yeah. So this one doesn't, it's just a open the top put the food into it. Uh, it's got like, um, like a thing that I can make it like two levels so I can like put some on the bottom, some on top. Uh, so I do that. And then I always carry like an extra, like just like the regular bag that like okay. these companies give you. I use like a Postmates one. That's just right. like a shoulder bag that in case it's, I have too many stuff in there or something's too big to fit in there. I'll put in that one, just hold on the side. Okay. Um, so that is my basic carrying setup. Um, the bag also has like a cup holder inside like a couple cup holders so i can carry like fountain drinks in it and then there's like side pockets i can also put fountain drinks in um so yeah fountain drinks i can usually handle unless it's like a ton of them which i find most people aren't ordering like you know 10 sodas these days um Mm -hmm. but um coffees i can't handle at all (laughs) and i i've learned i i keep pushing my luck trying to do coffee orders sometimes and i've learned don't ever (laughs) do coffee ever again not even one coffee (laughs) just don't do it 
you ever get ice cream? Uh, anytime I see an ice cream order, there's only one place that ever I ever see an ice cream for, order for, and I always reject it. I'm not messing with that at all. <laughs> no way. Unless it's a, they, they do have here, they have the DoorDash convenience store, which is like a, like a new thing. It's like, um, I've heard of that. I saw that that was yeah. coming out. They, they didn't yeah. introduce it here yet. I think we're supposed to be the second wave or something in Denver. But. Oh, okay. Yeah. They introduced it here and, you know, easy, uh, fitting enough, it's right by my house, like nice. literally blocks from my house. And so sometimes I get those, those will have, have like pints of ice cream and that I can handle, like it's fine, but, um, I won't yeah. handle like loose ice cream. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I hardly ever see that. I've, I've so far knock on wood, never had a, an ice cream cone delivery. <laughs> like who would order that? I know. I know, <laughs> but yeah, we did. And you know, the thing amazes me is we got like Cold Stone Creamery. There's a little place called Ice Cream Riot. Um, there's, there's about three or four places. And I'm actually surprised at how well people tip in relationship to the value of the order. For, for ice cream orders? Yeah. You know, so, you know, like $10 of ice cream and, and uh, you know, there, there might be $5 on the tip or something like that. And yes. it's like a 50% tip. <laughs> And I, I don't know if it's just that people want that ice cream that badly. <laughs> I know. It's like, why would you do that? Actually, I, I remember I delivered a McFlurry to someone once. And you know, McDonald's oh, seals yeah. everything up. So I'm fine delivering anything from McDonald's. But they ordered one McFlurry and uh, that McFlurry must have cost them like $20. <laughs> oh, I know. It's crazy, some of that stuff. Yeah, I just had an iced coffee delivery yesterday. That was all it was. Yeah. And... Uh, and I didn't get a tip on it. Another, you know, that, that Uber Eats thing. The nice thing was it was a 10 minute delivery. And, and that's why I don't mind so much with Uber Eats. It's like, okay, you know what? If, if they don't tip, it's, it's pretty rare anymore. But it's like, I always make sure that it's such a short delivery that if they don't tip, it doesn't hurt me that bad, you know? Right. And that's how I think about for those apps as well. It's either, if I'm doing those deliveries, it's either got to be short on my way somewhere or mm-hmm. um or i'm like desperate to hit the quest basically and that's the only way and that's the same way i think about postmates also like doordash and grubhub i'll do those like i'll let those take me places because i find you know i can see what i'm making beforehand and sure. so i can make a decision whether this person deserves me to go out there and do it you know right. um but yeah not for uber eats and and postmates they they got to be on the way somewhere yeah what do you do about locking your bike? Yeah, so I don't lock my bike. I just put it like right out front and uh, I can see it from the restaurant. Um, uh-huh. You know, like, uh, you know, if I'm in like McDonald's, it's just a big glass door. I can see it. No one's ever gone up to it. Um, same with like a Chipotle. I can just look through the door and see it. Um, so I don't lock it um, at all. And, you know, if and if it's a place where I can't, like see it from the inside, I'll usually like wheel it into the restaurant. So like, um, examples like a five, five guys, for example, they have like the inner, you know how they have like two doors to go in. There's sure. always like that inner foyer area. I just wheel it right in there and just put it in there. Okay. And, uh, and okay. You know, no and one's going to take it pretty well. Yep. No one's ever messed with my bike. Okay. That's the part that I've always kind of like, you know, um, when I've done bike delivery, I've, I've got a big old surly disc trucker and, uh, it, it, it's heavy as all get out cause I've got racks on it and, uh, you know, and I use like a big basket and I use just a regular bag and I've got a big basket on the front, but I'm, you know, I built that thing from the ground up myself and, uh, so I'm kind of proud of that bike and I'm just, yeah. I'm like, nobody's taking that bike. So that, that's the one thing that probably slows me down the most is locking it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, if you just, if you can see it from inside, like, and you know, usually most of these restaurants, especially like we're not waiting too long in them anymore. And right. so um, if you're in there and you're just grabbing and going, like you go into a Chipotle and it's ready, you know, you're, it's only yeah. out there for five seconds and you can see it. So um, that's why I find. And then, you know, for apartments, I mean, if they do make you go in, I just bring it in with me basically. So. Okay. Okay. Well, and I uh, trying to uh, I tell you what I keep talking about this stuff. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's fun. Um, any thoughts that you would give to somebody who's thinking about trying out uh, bike delivery? Um, what would you tell people to do if they want to think about it? So yeah, I think if you are in like a dense area, or I mean, and it's actually you know for most of us, like I think most of us tend to deliver in like dense downtown areas as it is, and so if you're mm-hmm. in that position. 
biking is like a lot faster than you think it is. Um, uh, just because like the, the time savings you get from like not having to park, not having to like, you know, park look around the corner parking. and yeah, look for parking, park around the corner, you know, like, uh, I have a friend of mine who's, I finally convinced him. He lives in Madison, Wisconsin. I finally convinced him to start using his scooter. He has an electric scooter to start doing his deliveries. And he's like, he's like, you're right. Like this is way faster. Cause he used to drive to this, like Chipotle. He'd have to park around the corner because that's the only place he'd get parking. And then he'd have to walk to the, like around the block. And that yeah. now he just literally just drives his scooter into the Chipotle and he picks it up. Um, so I think those time savings are like underestimated, you know, and then the other savings of like being able to like hop on a sidewalk and like go the wrong way down a one way street if you want, you know, or, yeah. uh, or run a light, you know, like I don't, I'm not one of those bike people who just like runs a light when a car is coming, but like right. if I'm there and I don't see any cars, I'm going to run it. And whereas if you're a car, you're never going to do that. And this all saves a ton of time. So, um, that, you know, if you think about that, that's like worth it. Um, the exercise aspect of course is something to think yeah. about because if you're, even if you make it, if, even if you think you'll make less, which I don't think in my opinion, I don't think people make less on bikes than like, you know, I, I get a lot of people, I'll see people who, um, will ask me about my e-bike, like other delivery people. And they'll be like, how can you make, you know, like, are you making more on that? Or like, you must make less, right? And I'll be like, no, I make like more on this than I would in a car. Um, and I think that people don't realize that because of the speed and stuff like that. And then the fact that like, I'm getting exercise. So that's like a, that has to have some sort of financial benefit, you know, oh, to like improve your health. Like, absolutely. I don't know how to quantify that, but something. And then the fact that there's no, um, the overhead cost is very low. You know, you do a tune up do a couple flat tires it's going to be way less than what it costs to take care of your car um so yeah you know and then you know a way you can do it too um there's a lot of like sometimes what so what i used to do actually and i still do it now is i used sometimes use my city's bike share system to do deliveries i Um, thought about that (laughs) yeah you're gonna move slower on it because those bikes are not as fast except no um but it's like a it's like a way you can do it where you know, like I have a yearly subscription to my city's bike share system, uh, which I always get, I would get it regardless of if I was doing deliveries or not, because that's how I like use it as a transport tool. Mm-hmm. And so if you use that, you're not even paying for like really for any overhead on your bike, because right. you know, assuming you would get that anyway. Um, so, you know, being willing to try with different types of bikes and with what's around you, you know, um, electric scooters is another thing. Uh, I do, I, I know that, I've done deliveries with electric scooters. I still do it um, every once in a while on a scooter. And it's like, it's fun. (laughs) It's it's just like fun. You know, that's another one I've thought about is that it's like, um, for me, I mean, I figured out a long time ago that downtown was the best place to go. And and it was because everything was close together. And even when driving, uh, it was better. After a while, you figure out the places you can park. And so sometimes, yeah, that does mean that you're walking a block or two, but it was still faster doing that than the long haul drives that you're doing out in the suburbs. Yeah. And, but I tell you, I've, you know, there've been a couple of times I pull up and, and it's like, okay, I'm about a block and a half and I'm looking at that little uh, lime scooter there and maybe I should. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, you get your own scooter and you can try it out. It's like, cause you know, scooters, like my buddy, he bought his scooter. It was like $500 for his scooter. It's like mm-hmm. not very expensive, you know? And, no. uh, but yeah, you know, if you get like an e-bike, like my e-bike was 1500 bucks and it's like, it basically replaces a car, you know? Right. And, and if you think about like, even your cheapest car is more than 1500 bucks. So and especially most people don't understand how much it costs to operate that car. Right. You know? Um, they, all they think about is gas and maybe their oil changes and they forget about how they're killing the value of the car when they're doing deliveries right. and you know, all the stuff that, you know, I, I always use that term, a credit card on wheels because it's all costs that you got to pay later on. Right. Exactly. You know, when people don't realize that they think like, Oh, if I pay, you know, you have to pay for a new transmission or something down the line that yep. happened because you put all those miles in the car before. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and it will happen. You know, it's it will if it's when. Absolutely. And you know, where you look at a bike, it's like a bike, you know, like overhauling a bike is not very expensive. You know, I tune right. my, my bike every year at the shop. It's like 80 bucks or something. It's like really cheap. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, what yeah. uh, what kind of uh, so what kind of things have you had to pay for on your bike and everything like that just to keep that up and and everything there? 
Yep. So um, the things I pay for are the you know annual maintenance. So I do the maintenance every year. Um, mm-hmm. And this is something I would do every year anyway. Um, so in a way, it's sort of like I'm kind of turning something I would do into a business expense. You know, because I, I treat that as a business expense, uh, oh, even though, yeah, even though like it's something I probably would do every year anyway, because, you know, right. my bike gets a lot of abuse each year. Um, so that, you know, tires and stuff. But even then, I haven't I actually haven't had a single flat tire yet, knock on wood, on my e-bike. And it's got 3000 miles on it now. So, oh. yeah, so I've gotten I've it's got like some good tires, I guess. Um, but my regular bike gets more flat tires. But, you know, I just change those. It's not very expensive. Um, that's basically it. I mean, I don't really have a lot of expenses that go with the bike. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that are listening are are thinking, yeah, but I can't write off that 58 cents a mile. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. You can't right? but, but you can write off. Um, and I'll, I, I got something I wrote about that. You can write off your bike expenses, but it's yep. gotta, you got to treat it like actual expenses. And technically, you got to do it kind of based on you know what percentage that you're using. You, you want to have a pretty good idea how much you're doing. But you know, if you got a bike that you're doing and that's all you're doing on it is delivery, well, that that makes that a lot easier. Right. But the other side of it is people people put too much into that write off, and it's like uh, it still costs you. 25, 30 cents, maybe 40 cents a mile to drive your car. And if you get that write off, you get nine cents, you know, that mm-hmm. that's what it saves you on your taxes. Maybe, maybe up to 15 cents, you know, depending on your tax bracket, different things like that. So it's like you're going out and spending 40 cents to save 10. And it doesn't make sense. And right. So um, I'm trying to think of anything else. You know, one thing I, I would point out, yeah. An interesting thing that I've done. Uh, so you're in Denver, right? Right. And yeah. And so I've actually done some food deliveries in Denver before when I was visiting. Oh yeah. It's, it's kind of a funny thing that, uh, people don't really, a lot of people don't think about this, but you know, you can do deliveries for most of these apps, pretty much any city that you're in that has it. Yeah. Um, Especially DoorDash. I know they're, yeah. they're the most flexible. I think DoorDash works. Grubhub doesn't. Um, but DoorDash, Uber Eats and Postmates all work in whatever city you, you happen to be Uber in. Eats. Yeah, yeah, they they it used to not be like that, but it's changed. And maybe it's not the case if you're on a car, but if you're on a bike, it's mm-hmm. it will let you. And uh, if you you know all these cities now, all these big cities have like the bike share systems and stuff. So like right. when I was in Denver, maybe two years ago, I this was back when the and maybe it's still there. There were those jump electric bikes, okay, which back then were really cheap. They only cost they cost $4 an hour to operate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was super cheap back then. I don't know if they've raised the prices now, but it was that really cheap back then. And so I just like spent an hour just like biking around on that e-bike doing deliveries downtown. <laughs> and great. it was like, it's kind of a fun way to like explore a city you haven't been to before. Cause you're kind of like biking oh, yeah. around neighborhoods, checking things out, checking restaurants you might not have heard of. And so this is something you can do if you're on a bike because, you know, if you go into another city, you don't, might not have your car with you, but you can hop on a bike, you know, you can hop on these yep. things and, and just do some deliveries. I know we, my wife and I went out to DC a year ago and, uh, and we, we rented those, uh, you know, the, the ride share or the, the shared bikes or something like just, yeah. just to ride around at night, you know, see all that, see the uh, monuments with the lights lit up and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I, yeah, I thought about that. It's like, oh, yeah. I wonder. You should have do done that. it. I mean, because like, you could do it together with your wife as like a little, you know, just kind of a little, <laughs> little mission, just a little fun thing. You know, my wife and I did that. Um, my wife doesn't do bike deliveries ever, except we actually did it once um, a couple years back. There was like a sign up bonus. And so I like referred her and okay. we just had to do a certain number. It was, it was low. Nowadays, it's really high. But back then, it was yeah. something like do 20 or 15 deliveries in like a month. And so my wife and I would just when we were doing this, we would just go on a bike ride and she would deliver food. Like I would go with her and mm-hmm. just so we could get the bonus. And it was like well worth it because, you know, we were like biking around, which is something we would already wanted to do. And we're doing it together and we were just getting her the bonus just to yeah. get it. Like she did her deliveries and then she was just done with it. It's never done it again. Of course, now you got a young one. So you're going to have to find a, a child seat or something like that to do that. <laughs> I, I know. Right. Well, yeah, the, the, the little one probably won't risk anything scary like that. <laughs> well, Kevin, this has been fun. I, I, I've enjoyed talking about uh, you know, bike deliveries and, and I want to get you back on too to get more into the, some of the money stuff because you, you've just got a lot of good 
common sense stuff about the way you use your money and because uh, um, sometimes I think we get ourselves in trouble with with the money that we're bringing in and we forget about a lot of things. So uh, I definitely want to have you come in and folks go check out it's financialpanther.com and uh, yeah, just just listen to everything that he tells you there. <laughs> He's just got some good advice about all sorts of stuff there. So Kevin, I want to thank you for coming on and being part of the podcast and any parting shots you want to make here before we head out. Yeah. You know, just, uh, you know, this whole delivery game, it is, it's fun. I mean, in the history of like work, you know, the ability to do this kind of thing has not really existed. Like, you know, that you could like go and turn on an app and work for like 10 minutes or work for two, three hours. Like, you know, in the old days, if you wanted to be like, well, I want to go and make like 10 bucks. You couldn't really just be like, I'm going to go make 10 bucks right now. You had to like yeah. find a way to make 10 bucks in a job or something. You had to get hired. Now, you had yeah, to go through you know? the process. You had to wait right. two weeks for the paycheck. Right. And you couldn't work like 10 minutes in a day. You know, yeah. I had to work like a shift, you know? And so, you know, when I, I mean, this is like pretty new stuff. I mean, when I graduated college in 2009 and this did not exist, you know, this, this 10 years ago. Right. And so you just look at this, like what you can do with it, you know, um, you know, just like a brief talk about money, you know, it's like five bucks a day, you know, 10 bucks a day. If you take that, you add it up, save it over time. It adds up like over the long term, And so, and then if you do it right, it, it more than adds up. It, right. <laughs> and so they, they were in like a interesting time where you can kind of work in short bursts while you're doing something else and you can kind of fit these things into your day-to-day life. And so, um, you know, take advantage of it if you can. Good advice. Awesome advice. And the beauty of it is, you know, like you said, you know, we can go out, you can do this for a little bit. What I love about it is you can go out and you can just have fun at it. How many times could you do that? Right. Like I would not do this if I didn't think it was fun. You know, I do it because I find this very fun and that's why I do it. I love it. Well, Kevin, thanks again for being on the podcast. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Bet. Well, what do you think, Career Nation? I love this. I just, uh, you know, I should do more interviews because each time I do an interview, I keep thinking, you know, I think that might've been my favorite episode. And this is another one where it's kind of like right up there. And, uh, in fact, we chatted probably a good half hour or so offline and it's just fun to talk shop with people that are, that, that love doing this delivery stuff. Uh, there, there, there's so much to enjoy about it and it's fun to do it. So I want to, you know, really, really, really thank Kevin Ha from financialpanther.com for coming on, joining us today and, uh, go check out his blog, financialpanther.com. Uh, he just writes all this stuff in such an engaging and easy and understand way and, you know, he talks a lot about money, but he does it in a way that, you know, you don't feel like you're you're being judged, you know. And so there's there's some great stuff. And I think that's why he's been able to do really well with his blog and loved having him on, as you can probably tell. And it's just easy to keep chatting about all things delivery, bike delivery, all of that. Folks, what about you? Do you guys do any bike deliveries and uh, how do you enjoy it? What do you, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear from other folks that are doing that. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at probably doing a little more on the website as well as maybe an episode or two coming up about doing bike deliveries. Um, checking out some e-bikes right now and just about to pull the trigger here on something and, uh, thought maybe I'll kind of give it a couple weeks where I just go nothing but bike delivery for a little while and see what it's like and, uh, share my experiences with you. So stay tuned with all of that. Last words while wrapping up for today. And that is, I just think, you know, one of the things I just loved about this conversation with Kevin is he, here's a guy, he's a freaking lawyer. And so often we kind of think, oh, well, that's, that's a real job, right? That's a real profession. And yet, I don't know, I get the sense when I talk to him, he, he enjoys this a lot more than any of the law work he ever did. And, and a lot of that is, you know, one, the guy doesn't have any, any kind of pretense at all. He's, he's not, you know, he's not full of himself in any way, shape or form. And, I think, you know, one of the things that I I pick up from him that he really enjoys about doing this is you're able to be in control and you can't do that in a lot of professions. And that's kind of my closing thought is enjoy the heck out of uh, the opportunities we've got right now with with all the different changes. Who knows how long those opportunities will be around. But the main thing is, guys, you've got an incredible opportunity to go out, run your own business, be your own boss. And so one last plug that I'm going to throw in on the course uh, we're going to cap it at 50 people here. So uh, you, if you head on over to 
EntreeCourier.com slash get your MBA and get signed up or go click on the links from the show notes and everything. 31-day Courier MBA class, 31 days to a more profitable delivery business. And you can go there, develop your business attitude, master your business attitude. Whether you take the class or not, the thing I'm going to ask you to do as we wrap up today is just go out there and be the boss.